from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. It may be a good time for the employer to take a pause and really think about whether or not they are willing to terminate many of their employees who may not have a legal exemption from a vaccination mandate. We got the Pfizer shot approved. We don't have the Madeira. Whether employers can mandate the vaccine will ever reach the Supreme Court. And we have 100% uh, vaccination rate. We have not had a single case of COVID in our entire company. I'm Sarah Fenske. Yesterday, the Food and Drug Administration gave full approval to Pfizer's vaccine for COVID-19. It was the fastest approval in FDA history. So what does this news mean for employers contemplating vaccine mandates and maybe a return to the office at long last? Our guest today has the answers. Lillian Davis is an employment law attorney and shareholder at the St. Louis office of the firm Polsonelli. And a quick note, Polsonelli is among St. Louis Public Radio's financial supporters. Lillian, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So that FDA approval, that was really good news for a lot of people. Have you heard from a lot of clients after that news broke? I have, yes. And so what's what's your take on this? I mean, does this make a big difference legally now that this thing is fully authorized? So from a legal standpoint, it doesn't necessarily make a big difference. Hmm. Um, you know, the big thing with that we've been seeing over the last several months really as the Delta variant has been picking up was whether or not employers just generally could put vaccine mandates in place. Now, obviously, this is changing almost every day um, with new states, municipalities passing, you know, executive orders, emergency rules, which really determine whether or not an employer can or cannot mandate or prohibit vaccination. Um, where the FDA approval comes in is it doesn't necessarily have a big legal effect because um, many of those mandates were not premised on the fact of whether or not the vaccine was FDA approved. Now, there was legislation in Texas that prohibited schools, I believe, from mandating vaccines that were not FDA approved. This was the, I guess, I guess you would say this was the the, the workaround without um, coming out and just saying this is a mandate against COVID vaccines. So in that instance where there is legislation that says you cannot mandate vaccines for, or you cannot mandate individuals to get vaccines that are not FDA approved, then that has a legal impact. But I think the bigger impact that it's going to have is really providing comfort to those who have had a hesitancy to get the vaccine, either from the employee, the individual employee standpoint of, okay, now I feel comfortable, there's full FDA approval, and I'm going to get the vaccine, or from a business standpoint, right? Now, there's more emphasis behind it, being able to say, this has been fully FDA approved, we are now going to mandate our employees to receive the vaccine. It almost kind of takes away an excuse if people were saying before, hey, you know, company that I work for, you can't make me take this. It's not fully approved. That's one thing that's now off the table. Yes, absolutely. And it sounds like it comes down to different jurisdictions then what a company might want to do now that this particular excuse is off the table. I'm wondering if you have any general sense, and I know that 
as you say, there might be municipalities involved. There's all sorts of different layers of government. But looking at Missouri and Illinois, the two areas where a lot of people might be listening from now, does this this land, this news land differently in those two states? I think it does have a different impact for Missouri and Illinois. So throughout this pandemic, we've seen Missouri has taken a very hands-off approach to COVID mitigation strategies. Um, You know, the governor has taken the position that if private employers or businesses, individuals want to put mask mandates or vaccine mandates in place, that's within their right. Um, Governor Pritzker has taken a more hands-on approach. So he has indicated, you know, he has indicated that there will be a mandate for state employees at highly populated facilities to get vaccinated. Um, And just recently, and this is where I think there is that impact from the full FDA approval, is Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago saying city employees are now going to have to get vaccinated. Hmm. So I do think this gives a little bit of comfort to many employers, um, states and municipalities included, to say we are now going to mandate the vaccine. Something that we always talk to our clients about as well is not just looking at what legal prohibitions or mandates may be in place to do the vaccine. So let's say an employer has the ability, there's nothing in place that says they cannot mandate the vaccine. It's also looking at their individual workforces. Hmm. So if 60% of their workforce has indicated that they are not going to get vaccinated, it may be a good time for the employer to take a pause and really think about whether or not they are willing to terminate many of their employees who may not have a legal exemption from a vaccination mandate, or whether they just want to encourage but not mandate the vaccine. Now that the FDA approval has been put in place, this could have the impact of motivating many of those who are hesitant to get the vaccine to say, okay, now I'm prepared to get the vaccine. And maybe that 60% population that had originally said, I don't want to get vaccinated because there's no full FDA approval. This is just an emergency use authorization. Now, maybe that's cut down to 15%. And mm-hmm. it makes a lot more sense to go forward with a vaccine mandate. So part of the advice you'd give to a client if they have a large staff that has been vaccine hesitant, that's something that they'd want to keep in mind just from an operations standpoint. I mean, it sounds like you're saying legally they could, but do they want to if this means they're losing a huge chunk of their workforce? Absolutely. Well, we're curious to hear from you. Um, Has your employer instituted a mask mandate or instituted a vaccine mandate? How did that go over? Um, And how did you feel about it? You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air and you can join this conversation. Lillian, I'm curious if this is something that is different, say, if you're a, a nursing home operator and you've got a very vulnerable population there. They might be fully vaccinated, but it might be dangerous to them to be around people who are unvaccinated. Um, Is that something where you'd give different advice to that employer than, say, a radio station where we don't have to interact with the public nearly as much? Yes, absolutely. So whenever we're giving advice, particularly about anything related to COVID, we really emphasize looking individually at each of the businesses and what the employment workforce looks like. So, um, Something that's very important to keep in mind for nursing homes, any any healthcare related facilities, is one. There's the 
OSHA emergency temporary standard, which applies to all healthcare facilities or virtually all healthcare facilities unless they're exempt. Um, and then, you know, again, this direct threat concept that you're talking about. Whenever we're looking at whether or not to mandate, you know, certain policies, you really want to look at your workforce to determine what's at play here, right? Um, what's notable about all of this also is that many of the vaccine mandates and prohibitions that states have been passing have been specific to the healthcare facilities, mm -hmm. right? So we've seen a lot of states um, keep silent as to all other private businesses, but say, if you are a healthcare worker, you, the state is mandating that all healthcare workers in the state get vaccinated by a certain date. Um, there is also other states, I, th I think it's Alabama, that has a prohibition in place, but exempts healthcare facilities from it. Okay, so if I'm a factory making widgets in Alabama, I might not be able to do this, but a hospital or a nursing home could be a different story there. Correct. And I actually misspoke. It's Arizona, Arizona. not Alabama. Okay. You also mentioned some exemptions. And the way that I see many of these policies, they do seem to have two main exemptions. Um, what are those? Right. So the two exemptions under federal law are Title VII and the Americans with Disabilities Act. So under Title VII, all employers have to provide individuals with a sincerely held religious belief that conflicts with an employment policy with a reasonable accommodation unless it presents an undue burden to the employer. Um, so that is a religious exemption. The other exemption that's very common is the exemption under the Americans with Disabilities Americans with Disabilities Act, I'm sorry. And under the ADA, employers have to provide individuals who have a medical disability or medical condition, such as a contraindication to the vaccine, um, with a reasonable accommodation, so long as it, again, does not provide an undue burden to the employer. And the analyses under Title VII and the ADA are just slightly different. So um, it's really important to work with counsel through and your HR group through those analyses. To figure out, you kind of have to acknowledge these two things. Yes, absolutely. I want to go to the phone lines here. Um, Ron is calling from Belleville. Um, Ron, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Yeah, hello, thank you for taking my call. My question is that we got the Pfizer shot approved. We don't have the Madeira. I agree that an employee can make you take a shot, but now that you've got two, they're forcing you to take one of them. And, you know, is that going to open them up to a liability since they'll be forcing you to take the Pfizer shot? Hmm. So you're saying because there are some vaccines out there that haven't been fully approved and they're sort of steering you towards the one, you're worried if there's maybe some minefields there. Lillian, is that something that, that you've thought about? There is always the possibility of that liability. Um, again, this is going to depend largely upon state by state. But you know, in terms of mandatory vaccination policies, as long as the employer is mandating the policy in a way that complies with the federal law, which at this point is really looking at whether or not the policies provide for the accommodations from Title VII and ADA, it's likely that employer would be, you know, insulated somewhat from potential liability from steering an individual towards taking one vaccination over another. Okay. Ron, thank you for that question. We're going to take a quick break now, but we'll be right back to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. 
And now back to our conversation. We're talking about vaccine mandates with Lillian Davis. She's an employment law attorney. She's a shareholder at the St. Louis office of the firm Polsonelli. And I want to go back to the phone lines. Uh, Matt is calling from St. Louis. Uh, Matt, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. Uh, What's been your story with vaccines at work? Well, uh, we have uh, educated our employees. Uh, We actually had federal law to back us up as a meat processor, a federal meat processor. And uh, bottom line is we just talked to everybody about it, addressed their concerns. And we have 100 percent vaccination rate as a result. Um, We also had a mask mandate in place. And to this day, as a result of the mask mandate and vaccination mandate, we have not had a single case of COVID in our entire company. Wow. Which we're very proud of. Yeah, that's something to be proud of there. And that's got to feel, you have to have some assurances uh, feeling good at this point, knowing you're 100% vaccinated. We are. We're still concerned. And we never stopped wearing masks, even though the county uh, and even the federal government changed some things around uh, in regards to meat processing. Uh, we were just concerned about the potential for variants, and our concerns uh, actually proved to be true. Yeah. So, but but man, that's some great news. It sounds like you guys have handled this thing expertly, Lillian. What's your takeaway from what Matt shared? Yeah, that news makes me extremely happy. Um, it sounds like you've really stayed on top of all of the best guidance that's been out there from the CDC and you know, public health authorities. So kudos to you. And also nice that they took the time to kind of talk to people about this. They weren't just shoving it down their throat. It sounds like they handled this in a way that didn't feel heavy handed to the employees. That might be some good advice there, too. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Most of the time when we see litigation between employers and employees, it's when the communication breaks down. Um, I always say human resources. That's, That's the reason why it's called human resources, because you need to have that human connection. So Um, The fact that you did sit down with all of your employees, address their concerns, talk to them through it to encourage them, that is really great. Well, Matt, thank you for sharing that experience. I want to go back to the phone lines. Kathy is calling from Olivet. Uh, Kathy, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, What are you interested in in talking about here? Uh, I was just wondering if Lillian thinks that the question of whether employers can mandate the vaccine will ever reach the Supreme Court? Boy, that's a great question there. Lillian, thoughts on that? You know, I'm I'm positive that there will be many cases that try to reach the Supreme Court. Um, I have a feeling that Supreme Court would defer, uh, you know, would probably defer, just kick down the cases when it comes to comes to their level of review. So this may be an appellate court issue, really. Yes, I think so. Unless some appeals court goes way off the deep end on it. Right. It's interesting. There was that kind of high-profile case that came out of Houston. There was the Houston Medical Center. They were requiring employees to be vaccinated. And I feel like those employees kind of got slapped down. They did. And the so that was the Jennifer Bridges case. And of course, it was a class action lawsuit of nurses um, that had all banned together to challenge the Houston Methodist Medical Center's uh, vaccine mandate. And they had come up with a number of very kind of interesting arguments that we've been discussing during this whole, you know, um, this discussion with COVID vaccine mandates. One of them that really comes to play with the FDA approval was this argument that, you know, 
because the COVID vaccines had not been fully approved by the FDA, Hmm. that it was in violation of the Nuremberg Code, which is, you know, this code that was written after um, World War II against human experimentation. So interestingly enough, um, in that case, the district court struck that down, didn't give any credence to that argument. So it is interesting to see now with the FDA approval what route their attorneys may take with the appellate court issue and appealing the case because they had stated that they um, believed they would appeal the case. Hmm. And I believe Jennifer Bridges, who was the uh, named plaintiff in that case, had also stated that even if the vaccine was fully approved by the FDA down the road, she still wouldn't be sure that she was going to get the vaccine. Mm, so there may still be a legal issue here she tries to pursue. Well, thank you for that question, Kathy. One um, appellate court decision that I hear people talking about, this was, um, they ruled on a case filed by some students at Indiana University. The students there said that they didn't think they should have to be vaccinated to go to class there. And the court flatly rejected their arguments. The Supreme Court declined to uh, take up what the appellate court had done, letting that stand. Do you see any applicability there to a workplace? Yes. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of arguments regarding freedom and rights. And unfortunately, something that many employees and students really have to be mindful of is that they don't necessarily have a right to work at a specific workplace or a right to go to a specific school, particularly in the college aspect. Right. So we have a lot of choices for college. Right. Um, so if an employer or a university is making the choice to put stricter guidelines in place or have a vaccine mandate, require masking, that is not an infringement on an individual's freedoms. Mm-hmm. So an individual does still have to comply with employer's policies. An employee has to show up to work at a certain time, has to you know, meet certain metrics in order to stay employed. Same thing with a student. You know, they're applying to come to a university, they have to comply with the university's policies. Boy, we heard from a lot of listeners on this one, and unfortunately, we're not going to get to a lot of these today, but it's interesting how many of them were pro-vaccine. People just really would like to see these kind of mandates in their own workforce. I don't know if that's a representative sample of everybody who's out there in the country, but I'm just going to read one real quick here before we have to go. Uh, Peggy writes on Facebook that as a retired school teacher, she completely supports mandates. Quote, we have many mandated vaccines. Add this one and save lives. I taught for the special school district of St. Louis County for over 35 years. Nearly all students entered and continued with the mandated vaccines. Very few asked for exemptions should be the same with this vaccine. It feels like a lot of people moving in that direction. We'll see what happens uh, if this recent news is enough to move the needle for some of the hesitant. Um, Either way, Lillian Davis, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and just sharing of your knowledge on the subject area. Thank you for having me. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.